listening to the bingo hall boys this week we discuss multiple people wanting out of aew another fight breaking out backstage in you guessed it aew and we answer some listener questions my name's jake mitch i uh (laughs) this is going to be a weird episode i am recovering from a sinus infection and i went on an insane vacation and we've got a bunch of stuff to get to I uh, I don't really know. Where do you want to start? I mean, I, I feel obligated to start even before we get to your wild vacation. There have been a couple of a couple of tragic passings in the wrestling world. We've yeah. got uh, we've got the legend, one of the goats, Antonio Inoki. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe late late seventies or seventy seven, maybe. Um, yeah. Yeah, Antonio Inoki passed away very recently, and I mean, it's it's fair that a lot of our listeners may not be huge on Japanese wrestling and its history, but I'm not exaggerating when I say to Japanese wrestling, Inoki is more valuable than Hogan was to American wrestling. Like that's that's the level he's on. This is this is Vern Gagne, Luthez kind of yeah. shit. Like this is the guy. And I think, then, yeah, I think if you were going to put together like the Mount Rushmore of just wrestling, mm-hmm. like just the history of mm-hmm. wrestling, because I think, <clears throat> sorry, that sinus infection I was talking about. Um, People all too often, whenever they give their Mount Rushmore, it's basically like the Mount Rushmore of WWE. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that, and I'm like, well, no, no wrestling no. is so much, and I mean, so and much. That's all they know, that. right? That's that's their only right. frame of reference. Antonio Inoki is, like you said, bigger than Hogan. You don't have Japanese wrestling without no. him, and there's a lot of good and bad that Absolutely. goes with him. Just and like Hogan. I don't. <laughs> wow, yeah, and I don't want to get into the bad stuff yeah. right now. I think um, maybe within a couple of weeks, I'd like to do a much bigger deep dive mm. on him. It just tonight tonight felt no it, not like the time and place because there's a lot of bad stuff and I don't like bringing all that stuff up after someone passes but to briefly focus on the good if you're unfamiliar with his work go and watch mm-hmm. just do a deep dive of his yeah. top matches um and for those of you who have seen him like me go back and watch him again mm-hmm. um I haven't been able to do it just because time <laughs> makes no sense to me right now but uh, I will definitely be doing a deep dive on a lot of stuff from him that I haven't seen. Absolutely. Um, massively important. Time, massively. time is a flat circle. Um, but beyond beyond that, uh, nice little PWG throw in there. But <laughs> beyond that, uh, unfortunately, Inoki is not the only wrestling-related death we have to mourn. Um, You're going to have to catch me up to speed on this because I so, had a crazy day at work. And then there's, immediately caught up with some friends over dinner and then jumped on this, very, on this call. There is very little info right now. Unfortunately, your sinus infection is a little too on the nose at the moment. I know. Whenever you said the, that when, before we recorded, yeah. my eyes got huge. So Sarah Lee, uh, tough enough season whatever winner. Uh, I'll fully admit I'm not a tough enough person. I don't know what season she won, but she won one of them. Um, actually seemed like she was going to be a pretty good wrestler. Um, wound up with Wesley Blake of the Forgotten Sun Stable with Jackson Douchebag Riker and uh Oh, well, I don't know. Murphy. I forgot about him pretty pretty easily. He was yeah. he was definitely Forgotten Son, but Wesley Blake's wife, um three kids age 30. Gosh. We have no cause of death at this point. The closest thing we have to even a clue is 2 days ago she posted on Instagram a, a little gym selfie where she looks ridiculously jacked and in phenomenal shape okay. saying first gym session post sinus and post first ever sinus infection like she literally didn't know what a sinus infection was because she never had one first one ever two days 
post that in the gym. That was that was two days ago, and now now she's no longer with us. And Wesley Blake is is stuck. Right? Yeah. Like he's got three kids, three young yeah. kids on his own, and his thirty year old wife is is gone. And as someone raised by a single mom whose dad died yeah. before I turned five months old, that one that one hits home like that's that's a different world those kids are walking into one one parent when the other's gone is something you can't you can't really explain to people who haven't gone through it because it's just a, a dynamic no one else can understand i really hope that this is an opportunity for wwe to really do the right thing here Mm-hmm. and not not do like like the outright like they release a press release like mm-hmm. here's how we're going to take care of people mm-hmm. this is an excellent way mm-hmm. and it's kind of gross that i say it like this but i'm like if i'm thinking of the way that like they're trying to change public perception mm-hmm. this would be an awesome time for as an employer just feel like hey take all the time you need we're fully paying you whatever you need let us know a great rallying point for the locker room to also like I want to see this company do good for him in this at this time. Um, There's, I mean, there on the autocation, there has been a precedent set. You know, Darren Drozdov, he's gonna puke. Yeah, got got paralyzed in the ring, and he and his family have gone on record multiple times saying, like, "Thank God I was with WWE when it happened yeah. because that's the only way he's alive right now." Uh, and it's not, it's not all bad stuff there. I no, know the majority no. of the time we talk about them, it's, it's yeah, just, and that's like, just the you like, these fucking guys. You know, like, it's the odd catch them when they're doing good time, and I have to acknowledge what they did for draws there because that with honestly with your healthcare system in America and him being an independent contractor without. Yeah, you're screwed. Taking care of him, he'd literally have been dead like six months later because he would have been broke and killed himself. Like that's just the reality of it. But yeah, that's not a not a happy note to start on with a couple of big, big losses and shitty things. Um, so let's flip it around. Tell me about your awesome vacation. I have oh one... no! Oh, that's what we talked about. Oh man, I have one picture and it seems unreal. So give me the deets. Yeah, it's pretty wild to go from talking about people <laughs> dying to my vacation, but here we go. I work with um, ADHD clients all day. I'm used to flipping gears like nothing and it being like, squirrel, I mean... squirrel, squirrel, let's go. <laughs> At least we're not making like sick money off of this. That would be really weird. Um, money? I haven't seen any human money. <laughs> so you guys are getting paid? Um so yeah, so the reason that we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks is uh, I went down to a film festival in Austin, Texas, uh, Fantastic Fest, and uh, I've done it most years for the last six years. It's it's been an, an awesome time, like getting away for eight days, and it's basically summer camp but movies, and just I've I've met some great people there, and they've become fast friends. Good old white hot those... American summer. I mean, basically. <laughs> Uh, but yeah it, it was really great to uh catch back up with people from all over the country and then also meet new people and bring them into our group and it was uh it was awesome so uh anyway so the first uh first movie we went to go see it's playing out in theaters now it's called smile it's basically like a creepy pasta with a ton of money thrown behind it i was like oh there's people in baseball games getting paid to sit there smiling and it's creepy as fuck so I saw the trailer for it and I was like, this looks really terrible. Like, it's just not for me, dude. It's good. It is. Um, it, it's a ton of jump scares. It's exactly what you think it is, but they do such a good job of like keeping the tension so high that it really does like feel like a descent into madness because you don't get a chance to like breathe Recover? Yeah. and feel safe. Um, so that was cool. And then, so we get done with that movie and, you know, we were all in the same theater and everything. And, you know, the, the group of like eight of us or whatever, get out. And I'm like, Oh man, that was nuts. So we're just hanging outside and all of a sudden. Um, so the opening night party is this band called Itchio. Um, You guys can look them up. I, I, some of you might like their music. It's basically like if Daft Punk were a cult more of a marching band and had 50 members. <laughs> and so like, it's just chaos, just like erupts and all these people start coming out of nowhere and playing instruments or whatever. 
we each get like shoved around by the people and we're like nope not our vibe so we go across the street and we're just chilling and i'm like you know um some time passes and i'm like 15 minutes before our show starts i'm like you know i'm gonna squeeze by these people hang out in the lobby that way whenever they call our movie i can just dip in and go go see our midnight movie um i'm dicking around on my phone i'm just hanging around it's just me in the lobby um none of my friends have come in yet and i look up from my phone and chris jericho is walking towards me with darcy the male girl from joe bob briggs on his arm and i i can't tell you dude like my eyes got huge and i like went slack jaw I've seen celebrities, a lot of celebrities in person, and I don't get starstruck. Like I've had multiple conversations with people like Jack Black. Uh, I've got a funny run-in with Elijah Wood that I'll share sometime. Like I- I've met a lot of people there, but I was legit like, oh my God. And so whenever like no one was really around him and hmm. everyone was kind of waiting to take pictures and everything, I just walked up to him like, dude, you are my favorite wrestler of all time like who he is like he mm-hmm. is he is the You've goat gone on record before you yeah, met yeah. Him. <laughs> and, I, and i was like dude you're my favorite wrestler like two of my favorite things are movies and wrestling and i never thought that they would intersect like <laughs> this like i'm not that guy but like can i take a selfie like this is insane and he was like yeah yeah of course he's very friendly so we take the selfie and then afterwards uh, he opens, he moves my lanyard and opens up my hoodie. And I'm like, what's how I, what? Hmm. And I was wearing a shirt that was making fun of the, um, the pre-tape that plays at AMC theaters that has Nicole Kidman in it. Hmm. It's been parodied and memed about, but it's basically like a clip of that's on my shirt. And he was like, that's fucking funny. And I got like a genuine smile from yeah. him. And he, and I was like, dude, thanks again. Like, this is, you just made my year. Like, this is insane. And uh, we went our separate ways and, you know, just like have fun at the fest, you know, all stuff. And then all my friends walk by and I'm and like, there's like two of them that know wrestling. And I'm like, guys, I just met Chris Jericho. And like, they were like, what the fuck? I'm like, he's right there, like two feet away from us. And they were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And sure enough, he has a cameo in Terrifier 2, which was our midnight movie. Which, by the way, like, not a great, <laughs> not a great movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's, dude, it's a, it's brutal. Like, the first Terrifier was, like, garbage. I hated it. The second <laughs> one is, like, two and a half hours of just one-note horror. Dude, it was, there's a kill, like, halfway through that's just one of the most brutal things I've ever seen. And then it goes on for another hour and change. <laughs> it was a lot. But. I got to meet Chris Jericho, uh, which was insane. And then I got to watch a bunch of other movies. Like um, there's the menu, which is coming out in like mid November. If you like see a trailer or anything like that, just ignore it, go in blind. It's one of the most satisfying movies I've seen in a very long time. Probably my favorite of the year, to be honest. And then um, (laughs) the other story I've got for you. Um. So they do like secret screenings and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And sometimes they're really amazing. Sometimes like, uh, no, not that great. Like the second sc- secret screening was the new Hellraiser that is coming out on Hulu. And we were one of like only two audiences that will get to see it in theaters. So I was like, oh, that's, that's cool. That's a good secret screening. We noticed that the new VHS movie was playing up against secret screening one. And I was like, dang. And I was talking to my buddy. I'm like, if this secret screener sucks, you just want to dip and go watch VHS. Like hmm. we were already planning on watching the second screening of VHS in the second half of the festival, but we're like, screw it. If the secret screening sucks, we'll just do it now. There's no reason for us to sit through a movie. We don't want uh, lights go out and they come back on and it's uh werewolf by night, the Disney MCU Halloween special. And we looked at each other and we're like, uh no we're we're out of here like, this is a genre festival for adults mm-hmm. like we watch like hard horror like genre sci-fi like not disney like i can watch this at home in like a week who the fuck cares and so we immediately dip out and everyone else was just stunned in silence and they watched it and they're like yeah it's fine um 
people were talking about it online and they were like, dude, some people just left our theater. So we were known as the people that left the Marvel screen. <laughs> and, um, and so we went to go see VHS, which no one was at because of the secret screening. Everyone has to get in the secret screening. So this screening of VHS, which was like, um, it premiered up in TIFF. So that was the world premiere up in Toronto, but this was like the U S premiere. It was basically like the people who worked on the movie and us. And it was such a fun screen. Like dude, anyone who knows the VHS movies, they're going to love it. There's, there's so many segments that I genuinely love. This might be my favorite VHS movie. I don't know how familiar you are with those. Um, for the uninitiated, they're like horror anthologies where it's like you're watching like weird supernatural snuff films on VHS that are all found footage. Um, this one's theme is everything takes place in 1999. It's oh, perfect. What a wonderful year. Oh, oh, dude. There's a segment called Ozzy's Dungeon that is basically Legends of the Hidden Temple. And I cannot wait for you to see it and just be like, that was so good. Dude, okay. I don't want to spoil it. But, um, because it's kind of like the less you know, the better. So, the final segment is uh, these like two filmmakers are, well, documentary guys, find like a, a witch, a cult. What are they called? Just witches, a sure. coven, whatever. Kevin, and that's they, the word. Kevin. Okay. They are going to summon a demon lord and put him in a young woman's body. And they're like, and do you, so you guys are going to see it and we're going to get it on video and this is going to blow people's mind. Things go horribly wrong and it's one of the most fun things I've ever <laughs> seen. I don't want to spoil it because like whenever the twist happens, you're like, oh my God, I never thought we were going to go there and it's Oh, it's a party. <laughs> um, there's a bunch of other really fun movies, but we're we're not here to talk about all the movies I watched. Um, <laughs> it's oh, anyway, it's uh, yeah, it was it was really great, and unfortunately, I had to like miss two really good dynamites mm-hmm. in the meantime. Like, I watched the first hour of Grand Slam in the airport, and so I'm like, oh, and that's the insane thing. Guys, I didn't meet Chris Jericho. I met Ring of Honor world champion Chris Jericho at a film festival. And if if you told that to me at any other yeah. point in my life, I'd be like, that's insane. Leaving that is a Ring of Jericho champion Chris Ring Jericho. Of, <laughs> Ring of Jericho champion. <laughs> the Ocho. Dude, he <laughs> won that title and then I met him the next day. I'm like, that's insane. <laughs> I met Ring of Honor champion Chris mm-hmm. Jericho. That is that is nuts. But yeah, um the landscape of AEW is significantly better than when I left. Yeah. It only really took two weeks. Um <coughs> sorry, still recovering. Um so yeah, let's get into it. Uh where do you want to start off the the big stuff? You wanna yeah. do the contract stuff? Yeah, let's okay. uh, let's get into that stuff because that's that's super fun. So I'll set it up and then we'll uh, we'll talk more about it. So multiple talents went out of AEW. Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, Andre El Idolo have all asked out of their contracts and were all denied. And let me let me jump in really quick. Sure. There's a couple of guys on the Meltzer forums that are really well connected with this. When it comes to ex-WWE guys really wanting out right now, those are the three. Like, yeah. Swerve doesn't want to fucking go anywhere. Lee no, he doesn't want to go. Swerve loves it. Like, Swerve was the whistleblower. Absolutely. That, like, hey, yeah. they they tried to like get me out of here. Yeah. So let's just his, let's his just... yeah, his lawyer talked yeah. to Tony Khan. Yeah. So let's just be clear: it's not all the ex-WWE guys. When you name those three, like. Those are the guys. It's right. not the other ones. So through all of this, Tony Khan's been pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Not not even pretty. He's been consistent. 100%. He stands by the contract that both sides have agreed to and will not let people out of their deals just so they can moonwalk into mm-hmm. WWE. 
So we haven't seen Paul Levesque's contract strategy yet, but WWE stances under Vince and the other con were that talent contracts only mattered when they could hold people hostage. Otherwise, those contracts are written on toilet paper and they can fire you whenever they like and hold you to a 90-day non-compete. So, Mitch, am I crazy here? Like, why are people having a hard time with this, not understanding that it's apples and oranges and that we shouldn't be vilifying Tony Khan for holding people to their contracts? Because I see people doing this and I fundamentally don't understand why why they're upset about this. I, I think where the big disconnect is happening is people are confusing a wrestling contract and being a wrestler or a sports entertainer or anything of that like compared to having a regular nine to five where you're not on a yearly contract or a three-year contract. Or you're so, not even under contract exactly, and you can be my, fired or quit whenever. Yeah, my my job, you know, the way a lot of our labor laws work with my job, like I'm under a, a contract, I can give two weeks notice at every time at any time, and they can fire me with just cause at any time, but there's no set expiration date for our services. This isn't like a, a contractor bidding to build a house or anything like that. And people are confusing those types of like employment contracts with a pro wrestling contract, which is far closer to the contract of any other professional athlete. Listen, if yeah, I, it's a traditional if, sports contract. If I sign a five-year deal with the Edmonton Oilers and regret it because why the hell did I sign with the Edmonton Oilers? And one year later I ask to get released or get traded and they say, no, I've got two options. I sit on my contract or I show up on the ice and play. Those are the options. And that hasn't changed. The difference yep. with uh, with Vince and with Vince's WWE, and you said already, we don't know what Triple H's WWE is going to look like in terms of contracts. We don't know if this precedent is going to continue. The, the difference was, if you're the Edmonton Oilers, you might fire me at any moment, and that's not really how it works. You have a two way contract; you get sent down to the minors, and maybe it flames out that way. But for the most part, mm-hmm. you just you get cut from the team and you sit out your deal and you get paid. The New York Islanders had to pay Rick DiPietro on his bullshit goalie contract for like 12 fucking years after he quit playing. Oh yeah. If we, if we want to talk about player contracts, yeah, those, those can go on forever. They paid him out for 12 years sitting at home, counting against their salary cap. And that's exactly what Tony Khan will need to do with Malachi buddy or Andrade if they don't come back. That's how it works. The difference is you can't just all of a sudden rip their contract up and throw it in the dumpster. That's not how that works. I mean, you could. You could. <laughs> but it would be really stupid because yeah. there's a wrestling war going on yeah. right now and they would just show up on Raw or SmackDown and Exactly. And that's that's be a big, big deal. Difference. Which honestly, you could lose all three of those and I'd be like, it's whatever. I but mean, it sets up a precedent of yeah. like something you don't want to do. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like we, I mean, right now we're operating without the Kenny and the Bucks, the foundations of the company, and we're we're honestly fine. I miss them, but it's fine. Like the Which, world is not ending. We'll have to let's go ahead and do that update now. Yeah. So, I've said this whole time that it's we might not see mm-hmm. the elite who are by far not the aggressors mm-hmm. in that story by all accounts at this point. So the reason that they might be held up is because of legal action Mm -hmm. and Dave Meltzer confirmed today. Mm -hmm. Someone's being uncooperative one person and his, and his threatening lawsuits. And it's been documented the entire time that after he fucking threw a sucker punch haymaker Mm -hmm. at Matt Jackson and chaos broke out. CM Punk just started going lawsuit, lawsuit, Mm -hmm. This motherfucker is going to ruin this company. He's going to cost me the elite in Canada on our first Canadian show. I'm not going to get to see Kenny Omega, who literally did nothing but try and help a dog get out and get bit by a crazy-ass motherfucker. I know. Like, that's bullshit. I know. know. Which, by the way, how psyched are you for your first AEW show in Toronto? You know what I get? I get whose house? Against daddy fucking ass. 
which is like such a video oh, game matchup like, that you're like, yeah, let's go. And it goes so much further. Like I, I'm, I'm not an attitude era guy. I never have. Like I watched it, of course, because I was 12 years old. But like, no, this is a podcast I, that hates the attitude. I went era. back and watched like golden era stuff while attitude era was going on. Like I've right. seen. It's not right. fair to flare Royal Rumble '92. Probably and you've got to watch the main in my high, in about. my in my childhood. But like, if you show me DX. Billy Ass was always the guy for me. I wasn't a Triple H guy. I wasn't an HBK guy. I wasn't a Road Dog guy. I was a Daddy Ass guy. Like so, putting him in Swerve, like someone Which, made that match for me. <laughs> Tony Khan put yeah. a pin in that because Raw is it Raw or SmackDown that's doing the DX Raw, reunion Raw, next week? Yeah, Raw is doing a DX reunion, and I was like, "Good luck doing that without oh Billy Gunn." They're gonna and get because- the chance. Because people are going to be like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. What happened to Billy Gunn? Google it. Oh, mm-hmm. he's wrestling Wednesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, Tony Khan was like, yeah, I got the best guy. And yeah. he's wrestling future star Swerve yeah. Strickland. Dude, Tony Khan is playing. <laughs> Do you remember this in that conference up. where he said, I have very unique ways of fighting. <laughs> and then he puts daddy ass against the new foundation of his company who WWE fired during their stupid ass DX reunion. Not only that, but like, do you, have you heard the stories of like how they couldn't, they wouldn't push Swerve in NXT because they didn't know what to do with a charismatic black superstar. They literally couldn't figure it out. You and so they anything. put him in a group, dude. Like... I'm telling you Swerve. It, if I had to put money on one person being a future mm-hmm. AEW champion, Swerve. it's him without a doubt. Swerve. That's one of the dudes that you build around. Yeah. I mean, we've said that since he was signed. Swerve. Dude's a star. Plus, it's you his get house. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Every arena is his house. Mm-hmm. Um, you also get Danielson versus Jericho three. <laughs> Jericho in Canada. Oh, dude. What else? What else you got on that show? Uh, the only other announced match we have is Jungle Boy Luchasaurus one because Oof. Christian cut the promo like we're not doing it in the states, we're doing it in Canada. That's gonna there's gonna be some shenanigans there. It's gonna be the dynamics gonna be interesting because Christian does not walk into a into Canada as a heel, like he's in yeah, but that dude, his family and he's still gonna get cheered. No, for five he's seconds. he but, yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> It's going to be the MJF pop-boo. Right, yeah. Everyone was just like, you've got to turn MJF babyface. I'm like, I mean, ideally, yeah, you can. And I think he would be really good at it. But like, no, Christian has laid the formula of what it looks like to get the crowd to turn on you that fast. MJF proved he was a good babyface in 30 seconds flat, then told everyone to shove it up their ass and went back to being a heel. Dude, I am I'm so out on this storyline because I'm like Christian's gonna be out for who knows how long. Oh god, yeah. How long? How long can you do Jungle Boy versus Luchasaurus? I mean it's like it's insane. Yeah, you can't do that for nine months. They're gonna try and build to full gear, obviously, but like how long is Christian out? I don't I don't actually know. Like, how bad is it? They haven't disclosed the injury, but I'm like, dude, it yeah can't it's gonna be a while. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. I at this point, I would just shelf Jungle Boy, or just have him and Luchasaurus. Like it's too soon to do that, unless Christian's coming back yeah. by Revolution. And I but, mean, like Jericho uh, wore the same arm brace and wrestled wrestled with it, so maybe Christian's further along than we know. Like that's or, possible, right? Or just combine some feuds, mm-hmm. and you can have like um, Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy team. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, set up tag matches against Hobbs and Luchasaurus and, like, figure out a way to, like, kind of, like, combine and stretch things out. Dude, I'm so sick of Jungle Boy right now. It's not (laughs) funny. Um, So, yeah, I I guess that's the contract talk. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else on the contract notes I need to to be. Yeah, I just. Um, You know what? Let's let's get into it. Andrade and Sammy Guevara had a had a thing. The incredibly so, punchable Sammy Guevara. Oh my god, this I've said this multiple times. Like, how is Andrade this stupid? And I still want Sammy Guevara to have gotten his ass kicked. 
Like, how am I rooting against both of these people? (laughs) But essentially, Andrade did an interview in Spanish, so... You know, there is a little bit of which a was a good yet. interview. Like, there was there know, was some there's some good stuff there. Always be a little bit cautious on direct word for word translation. Some things don't mean the same any thing in each language. But it was relatively clear. He said the only person I've had a real run in with was Sammy, and it was because Sammy said I chopped him too hard. Andrade says the word crying. I take that very literally and think it's absolutely hilarious. It probably means whining, but it's funnier if it's crying. Um, originally. And then Sammy puts out a tweet saying, you were like a pity hire, you're a jobber, like, fuck off. Originally, I thought this was trying to set up an an angle with Danny Garcia for the pure title. Like, I hadn't seen the interview yet when I saw Sammy's tweet. And I was like, oh, we're setting up something with Garcia for the pure title. That seems fine. Like, let's do that. And then they start going back and forth, acting like overgrown children on the internet. Uh, We get to Dynamite. And by... Basically every account except the TMC one, and Trotte just walks up and starts beating the shit out of Sammy. Like yeah. no, no nothing. Just walks, not a sucker punch because he fed him, met him face on. Who just walks up and starts fucking trying to hammer on him. The important thing to note here is that apparently there was a conversation between mm-hmm. Tony Khan and Andrade before this, where Andrade is like, "Listen, you might have to fire me because I'm going to yeah. knock Sammy's ass out." And Tony Khan's like. I'm not letting anybody yeah, out of their contract. And Andrade's like, okay, bet. Yeah. And it's marches like, down the hallway and yeah. beats the shit out of Sammy Guevara. Like, um, I mean, in a sense for us, it's a win-win. Like if Andrade's going to be a crying little baby about not getting released, he gets to sit on ice and Sammy gets his ass kicked. That's a great story. <laughs> a great <laughs> story for everybody. I think the thing that upsets me most is like Andrade came in and was it was really good. He's an mm-hmm. awesome mid card guy. I was loving his fucking dynamic here. He's, I was he's all good. in on it. He's it was good. Fantastic. The mm. bad side of the coin is that he worked so hard and went to bat for Roosh. Mm. And now I'm stuck with Roosh in this company and I don't get Andrade. Fuck you, buddy. That's really cool. You know who you are going to get, though. What? Bandito. Oh, my God. It's all worth it for Bandito. Oh, (laughs) man. The fact that he signed. They signed our boy. We've been saying the one, the biggest free agent, which, I mean, we'll we'll, we'll Mm -hmm. get to that later. Dude, I, (laughs) to finish my point, the positive side of the Andrade coin is, you know, it's, it makes him more interesting. And uh, if he does, you know, get put on the shelf and has to leave, that means we get to drop all the family office mm-hmm. garbage that he's attached to, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Butcher and Blade can just be Butcher and Blade on the low card. Butcher and, and Blade have established they're just guns for hire. You could drop them without any story because that's their whole gimmick is pay me and I'll fight. And then Super Private easy. Party have nowhere to go. And Matt Hardy's right there because his brother's not coming back yeah. this year. Which, by the way, Jeff Hardy is coming back. Like, that is... They've made that subtly very clear. I don't think it was an accident that Wardlow hit a whisper in the wind on Wednesday. Which, how sick was that? I lost it. Oh, my God. I'm going to say it. We've dogged on him so much on this show. I missed Brian Cage. I was so pleasantly surprised. I... And it's such a weird art because when Brian Cage came in at Double or Nothing, he was one of my hottest free agents I wanted. Like, I popped hard. Yeah. And then it fell flat on its face. I was like, oh my God, well, get Brian Cage out of here. And then on Wednesday, I was like, oh my God, Brian Cage, let's go. <clears throat> I think largely the reason that Brian Cage didn't work the first time around was because he just had the same matches over and over yeah, again was, and didn't go out there and do the crazy stuff. It was a But to be GMSI. fair, if you watch him on the indies, he just has the same matches mm-hmm. there too. And so you can't really teach him how to yeah. just be like, you need to pick and choose, yeah. maybe try out some new stuff. Like for someone who was that close with Canyon, come on mm-hmm. Canyon. Could you imagine Canyon in AEW? I mean, let's be real. Canyon would be in AEW right now. Canyon would around. be like the dude. He would have a new there. finisher every yeah. week. Yeah. Everyone would be losing their minds. Brian cage, be more like your dude. Canyon mm-hmm. do this. It's great. And I also love the fact that like Brian Cage was just like, they wouldn't let me do all the stuff that made me unique. And then Wardlow's like, 
Check this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> Hold my beer, motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> oh man, dude, Wardlow's the best. That um, and and, and I know people are upset that what what was it? He's only had five singles matches mm-hmm. since he's won the title. I'm like, that's that's fine. He doesn't have to be on TV every no. single week. Would I want a weekly Wardlow match on mm-hmm. Dynamite or Rampage? Yes. Yeah. But, but. <laughs> we don't need to. I, I, it is what it is. He's still super over. Hmm. Like you don't he have to worry about people. Chance. Like, well, the Goldberg entrance helps. I. <laughs> Great. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm a big fan of Wardlow. I want to see more of him, but I think it is a bit disingenuous for people to say that Tony Khan's ruining him, just because Tony Khan doesn't book the way that you want him to. Hmm. You have to be patient in AEW. Mm-hmm. I mean. Was he shoehorned into a six-man match? Yes. Sure. Was that six-man match rad as hell? Yes. Wardlow's got plenty of stuff to do. He's not going to be going anywhere. And honestly, we're probably just biding time until someone beats him for the TNT title, and he is the first challenger to MJF mm-hmm. and you know, for the AEW title. Like, you know come on. You know who else still got a hell of a pop after being buried and not booked properly from that six-man tag? FTR, yep. they walked out, got a fucking monster reception. Yep. Nobody live cared that they'd been buried or not booked in tag matches. They walked out, everybody lost their shit. You know, I'm not the, the biggest. Yeah, guy. yeah. I think we need to have a conversation about what tag team of the year, like, not only means for them, but like, we can stop pushing them now. So they can start dropping some of those titles. And it would be the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think the move would be for them to lose cleanly to the acclaimed at full gear because they're tag team of the year. That's undeniable. You got to start putting people over. And whether, even if that means that they have like a best of three or something mm-hmm. like that, where they eventually win yeah. the titles, I don't care. That's not what I'm talking about. Yeah. If they are the territory old school guys that they say they are, Put your money where your mouth is and, you know, lay down and take the pin for the up- upcoming tag team. And I honestly don't think they'll have an issue doing that. Right. I, I think they'll put on a great match and do it. And I think that, but I think, so the right thing to do, I think, is to have FTR lose mm-hmm. and then focus on the titles. You can do whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the chase for those can be what mm-hmm. it is. You can talk about the blatant disrespect and how they've been the number one contender. Yeah, yeah. Do, do That's whatever. A story, whatever. Do whatever the discourse around that would be so mm-hmm. nauseating where they're like, Oh my God, they need to leave and go back to WWE. Tony Khan hates FTR. He doesn't know what he's doing. I'm just, I want everyone to be prepared for it now because I, I, I think the move is to do that match at full gear. Mm-hmm. And I think FTR should lose. I mean, the, the amount of lightning you've struck with the acclaimed is at this point borderline like it's generational potential. Oh, like, dude! Af- after that promo on Wednesday that, where they did that the, was the, the State of the Union or whatever. Oh National god, Assistant that was Day. that was DX's State of the Union address, but better. Yeah. Like that was yeah. there, and homegrown guys discovered during the pandemic figuring it out on their own how to get like you you can't write this shit that happens so organically and so perfectly this is like i'm not trying to exaggerate but like that's that's young bucks potential like that's that legacy level potential that's new age outlaws potential no you know who the acclaimed is for aew right they're the usos yeah they're the WWE version of the Usos yeah. where they're like, this is a homegrown yeah. tag team. Like, and I think they have that potential they are, to get better and better and better and they better. They keep getting better. Like, and, the, they're, and they're not going to stop too. No. Bowens, Bowens is one of the most driven people I've ever seen on the independence. And he's a phenomenal athlete. Like, make and, no mistake. Oh, yeah. And so is Caster. And Max Caster will never stop trying to be the best version of himself. No. And they've got the perfect fucking mentor in Billy Gunn. Like, it's... You cannot pick a better team to put all of your money in and yeah the absolute move is a team for the caliber and the reputation of ftr to to lose to them that's that's that is how it needs to go because you have the homegrown team yeah and the 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 ammo that's used against them right mm-hmm. now is that 
it's just a bunch of ex WWE talent. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. You literally can't. Um, yeah, dude, the, the claims are so good. They're but so that, good. That segment was so unreal. <laughs> Billy Gunn is is. Uh, I'm so I'm so oh happy. God, that he seems Billy like a genuinely good dude. Oh man. Uh, but anyway, yeah, that's the that's that's this week's FTR talk. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so okay, let's just go ahead and get into the first question after talking about sure. Sammy. What do you do with Sammy in AEW, and why are you firing him and keeping Tay? You hear that heat on Sammy with the crowd? He's done had it. What? I can't. I can't believe Sammy won. Yeah, like this Literally, is in the main event. <laughs> He's gonna kill me. He's gonna, gonna kill me. Okay, so. Why are you firing a heat magnet? Everybody wants to see him get murdered. So here's the thing. Like, this is Matt Cardona GCW level murder. Here's the thing. I keep him if he deletes his Twitter. Oh, God, he's got to delete his Twitter. He doesn't need to be online. No. He's insanely gotten to. Mm -hmm. There's no no benefit in him doing it. I mean, cool. You want to show pictures of you dressed up like a Dragon Ball character? Have fun. Send them. Send them. Send them to your 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 publicist. Mm-hmm. Or do whatever. Have someone else run your account. Yeah. Get the guy I who ran Buff Bagwell's Twitter for three months. Well, uh, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe maybe not do that one, bud. But uh, <laughs> that was a double layered joke. If you didn't get it, go yeah. down the Google rabbit hole and. In have as, some in, fun. <laughs> in as much as yes, have someone else do it for you. <laughs> Ignore the other stuff. Stop making me laugh. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, Sammy needs to delete his Twitter. And like from Andrade's perspective, like Sammy was a fucking prime target. Like that dude had a bullseye on his back for the guy to pick a fight with to get fired. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Easiest guy to target. And as far as Tay goes, um, I'm actually worried about her. I'm really worried about her. So Anna J and Tay both showed a lot of growth mm-hmm. that they were like developing. Mm-hmm. They were getting much better. Tay wasn't a finished product when she came to AEW. No, she wasn't even like, a beginner product when she came to no. AEW. She had potential, but there was nothing. And they have stalled in this Jericho Hard. act. Hard. And there's nowhere for them to go. I, so, I like, I'm burnt out on Anna J completely. Like, yeah. So honestly, um, this might sound crazy, but like, if one of them's leaving soon, it's not going to be Sammy. And it, no, it, it's not going to be Sammy. And like, Ty is getting, like, Julia Hart's usurped her. I know you're not big on her. I'm huge on Julia. Willow Nightingale's usurped her. Like they've got other Sky Blues usurped her. They've got other young young up and comers that yeah. can hold the fort down if Ty and Anna go go buggering off. Or like, shit, there's a bunch of women that aren't being used, like Karushita. We're not using Joshi at all right now, which is insane. Will hopefully, be back soon. I I don't Shida. I don't know why. They haven't used her since well, she has been doing like dark stuff, but Riho has had a ton of visa issues and she's literally stuck in Japan right now. So that that one I'll give them a pass on in this instance, not in the others, but in this instance, she, she maybe can't I, get in. Actually, she's hurt after all, all out, isn't she? Sheeta, I think, I think she's maybe, hurt. yeah. I mean, she's got like she's got those like those titles she's bringing in from like the Regina the Wave title, and I think mm-hmm. she picked up another too, but. Yeah, like she could be working elsewhere. I don't know. I don't know. Anna and Ty are not essential, is the big point of this all, right? Like, they're they're not, they don't need to stay for this women's division to be successful. And Sammy is, you can't buy that heat that Sammy has. If you can just somehow leash him backstage, like on screen, everybody wants to murder him, and you can't buy that type of hate. Dude, someone had an amazing tweet where they showed angry Tony Khan at a press conference and they were like, all right, from now on, everyone's changing in their cars. No more locker rooms. And I was like, actually, that might be the play. Just have Sammy. I mean, honestly, yeah. Get Sammy and Taylor. Put him in someone's bus. Porno locker room and you're good to go. <laughs> Two yeah, markets. 
as far as I don't we talked about it a while ago and I want to say that we got a, a, in front of this before a lot of people did I'm not the biggest Sammy guy mm-hmm. I think in ring he's also stopped developing I think he peaked when he beat uh, beat Miro for the title he shouldn't have beaten Miro for the title because at that point he had refused to continue to grow and I don't know if he's just waiting for a character change or something, or if he's just playing the hits because it pisses people off. But I don't know if there's... he's capable of anything else. It's the only act he knows. I, I don't His know. I like... Thing was shit. I like to think that he could. I just meant in ring as mm-hmm. far as just like, oh, doing no, yeah, things. like he is stalled out. He is and absolute. it's and like this... I said, it, that's the trend with the JAS. I mean, even 2.0. They're they're a really solid tag team. If they're the worst tag team on your roster, mm-hmm. you have oh, a stacked God. tag Absolutely. division. But they've been so overexposed because yeah, they've they've even fallen off a little bit. Right. Also, but they do have they did have a really cool double team move. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. They they have they have really cool things that they do. They've got really great chemistry. I'm 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 a still pretty big 2.0 guy, even though that's not their name. Um Next question we got. Before we get to that. Um, yeah, go for it. Let me just interject because we've been talking about Ty and about Anna. I want to do the little women's wrestling. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, for there's, it. there's a few women's wrestling things. Anybody who listens knows I'm Mr. Women's Wrestling. I yep. love and breathe that shit. Um, Mr. Women's Wrestling. I, like I mean, it comes because I coach almost exclusively women. Yeah. Right? Like, I work yeah. with women in sport. It's going to happen. No, you like what you like, man. I'm not I'm not. Starting five-star Grand Prix wrapped up. Julia, my favorite women's wrestler in the entire world, won the thing. First time taking it down. Her over Tam Nakano in the final. Great match. Um, but the the other thing, I mean, that I wanted to plug that because you know my girl won the Grand Prix. Like that's it's like yeah. winning the G one basically. That's yeah. what it is. And Julia is this ridiculously weird combination of Japanese Italian because that happens every day. Like how many Japanese Italian women have you met in your life? Probably not very many. <laughs> not enough not enough i'll tell you that but like she is freaking awesome in the ring tam the is awesome too and like stardom is i i love the women in AEW. i i like a lot of the women in wwe i like the women on the indies but if you're going for a pure in-ring quality just by virtue of having generations of taking it seriously no one's touching the japanese women it's impossible and julia is near the top of that food chain but I was also thinking about uh, Soraya got physical on Wednesday. They are clearly running an angle with her being cleared versus her not being cleared. Britt did the big promo saying she's not cleared. Don't get your hopes up. Then Soraya got physical. So we know we're leading to Britt and Soraya at the pay-per-view. We know all that. My real question is, regardless of Soraya's actual in-ring ability, which... You know, she's a big name, but her in-ring stuff's mediocre at best. And that's fine, because it doesn't need to be incredible at this point for how much she's built up a reputation. Can it actually finally be the one time where I stop getting out of this abusive relationship and see the women's division turn a corner? Or am I lying to myself again? We need to have a conversation about Soraya and why people are so hyped about Soraya, don't say Soraya. She'll get very mad at you. Soraya. Oh, oh no uh i hate every single aspect of bringing her in and this is the first signing where i'm just like this was the wrong move it feels incredibly impactish this is someone who as you saw last week can't talk oh that was bad she can't wrestle there's nothing that she brings to the table besides a Twitter following. That's like nearly exciting. The only match that you have on the cards that you could potentially do that would draw money is Brit. So yeah, of course they're going to start with it because that's the only fucking one. Unless Brit draws money with anybody. Brit is money. <laughs> this is such a huge step back for that women's division. And I, and we were finally heading in a right place mm-hmm. after that, uh, all that, that square match mm-hmm. 
at All Out where the four women just went out and absolutely killed it. Mm-hmm. We said, this should be the turning point. Mm-hmm. Do more like this. Nope. Here's WWE's page. I hate it. Everyone looks worse. Everyone well, looks so much worse. The, the six-woman the so six tag was fine, though. Like, Penelope Ford got to shine a bit. We got Willow on TV. You remove Soraya, and it's the same fucking match. But... No, I wouldn't say it was good. It was fine. But everything that she's involved in. Okay, if she can't wrestle, she's an on-air personality that can't talk. What does that do? Like, she's she's popular for sex tapes leaking. I mean, she she will wrestle. The la- it's that. the last thing that she did. Yeah, but should she? I. Who is going to buy Full Gear to see Paige's first match? That wasn't already going to buy Full Gear. You're telling me that there's women's wrestling fans out there who would shell out the fifty bucks just to see Soraya? Honestly, I I think there might be. I don't think it's a long-term thing. I think it's a short-term boost to get people interested in the rest of the women. But I really think there are. I'm not saying it's going to be a huge number, but I wouldn't be surprised if you can get 10,000 extra buys off that. I mean, it derailed the hater story. It absolutely... It literally changed the hater story. That's why she didn't turn. That's why she went back. She went back so Paige could wrestle Brit. And I'm fine. It's laid the groundwork. Tony Khan pays off his stories. Mm-hmm. I get it. We will see yeah. that. He's so not I'm, blind. He knows Jamie Hayter is one of the most over women. Yes. I'm, which, by the way, her reaction. So there's a little thing that happened during mm-hmm. that six-person match, or the trios match. Mm-hmm. Hater got her entrance and was the most over mm-hmm. person. By far. Britt, I think, was expecting her own entrance as the manager. Didn't get one. And had to walk out way afterwards <laughs> and was kind of like bitter about it. Mm-hmm. Whether that was like one, that is what happened, or two, she's acting like that. <laughs> Either way, that is perfect. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. It's laying down the groundwork and it's really showing, you know, what we're mm-hmm. moving towards. So much so, I, on my predicted full gear card, which we were going to do, uh-huh. but I'm like, eh, that's kind of whatever. I've got her beating Jade. Absolutely. Jamie Hayter should Jamie be Jamie Hayter is the next TBS champion. And be the Point TBS blank. champion. Point blank. You you were going to do it with Statlander. That was the plan. Statlander's hurt. I think this is better. It, it's absolutely better. Because your TNT or TBS champion is someone who needs to wrestle frequently, right? That's the difference between that and the main belt. Main well, belt Tony, Tony Storm's been wrestling every week. Absolutely she has because there's 20 women in the division. There are 90 guys. Yeah, that's but they're the only difference. using four of them. <laughs> but, but like, that's the math, right? Like, there's there's yeah. four to one on guys to girls. So the guy, the girls are going to wrestle more regardless of what title it is. Right. So, like, the world championship, you're going to be big promo builds because that's the big pay-per-view match. The the TV title is the one that gets defended on TV. And point blank, Jamie wrestler Jamie Hayter is probably one of the top five wrestlers in the world for women. Like, period. And I watch all of Stardom. I can say that. Like, she's that fucking good. Yeah, I so um, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I don't. Like I said, I'm just. I'm just very. I'm very hesitant on all the Soraya. Soraya. No, that, that's sorry. that's totally fair. I just. I mean, if I have to suffer through anything to get the women more exposure and more. I would never let her talk on the microphone again. Oh God, that was a disaster. That that was like Serena Deeb versus uh, Thunder Rosa. I love Serena Deeb and her and Rosa are two of the worst promos you can find. Like, don't put them on a microphone. It's like Ricochet. Don't put them on a microphone. That's not their strength. Don't do it. It's a bad idea. Yeah, this isn't WWE. You don't hammer up people's weaknesses. You hide them. That's not why this, this company was built on the basis of wrestlers being wrestlers, not needing to have perfect promos to be good. Like, I just don't know what they, I, I guess just send her home and keep paying her if her match versus Brit sucks. Cause there's nothing for her here. I mean, if you get, God forbid, can you imagine if they put the women's title on her? I, I don't think even TK would go that route. You know how insane that would be? That's full, like jump the shark. Nope. We're done. No, no more women's wrestling. There's We're done. No way. I taking this ball away from you. 
I, I don't actually have an idea in my head of who Tony Storm's going to lose it to yet, but it, it won't be her. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, next question we got, yeah. we'll, we'll end with this one. Um, the Young Bucks style of matches. Is it a personal taste thing? Are they unfairly criticized as spot fest guys? Or is the criticism valid? So I'm going to give my answer point blank, and then I'm going to get your perspective, and I'm going to add to it after. Sure. And I'm going to say unequivocally, I don't even have to think about this. They are 1,000% unfairly criticized as spot fest guys. That's my answer. Lock it in. I'll defend it after. No. Question. I mean, no, it's 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 an old take. Mm-hmm. It, it Yes. They heard that criticize that criticism and doubled down on it in PWG and ha- and were like would literally just like make fun of the people making fun of them. They wrote about it in their fucking book. Like they talked or, about that. Not even that, but just saying like that was even obvious what they were doing. Mm-hmm. So that criticism is a decade old at this point. That's insane. One mm-hmm. hundred and honestly. I, and I think if someone's still hammering that point, it's the same thing. Whenever someone says that Will Ospreay can't sell, I'm like, okay, all right, nope. I, I literally don't, don't even don't need to wrestling. listen to you. Yeah, you don't you've watch never wrestling. Watched a Will Ospreay match, or you watch a Will Ospreay match like from eight years ago. I I'm I'm getting really really sick of these disingenuous fucks mm-hmm. posing as wrestling fans and having criticisms like that because. They just repeat the same bullshit from Jim Cornette. We are earning that explicit tag this episode. <laughs> I, it's so infuriating to me that, like, I get it. As a fan, you are set in stone the things that you like, the things you don't like. I don't think it should be that way. I think tastes come and go. I think you're more than well, like, I cut people the slack. To say, like, I didn't like this person, now I do. Or, <laughs> I used to really like this person, now I don't. They don't do anything for me. You've That's me okay! Tur- You've watched me turn on Thunder Rosa in real time. <laughs> <laughs> I flipped 180 and I went nothing to do with her. And I fucking loved her. <laughs> but, th- there's no reason for your wrestling takes. If they were right 10 years ago, that doesn't mean they're still right hmm. today. And I, th- I think there's a lot of people who, especially as, as wrestling fans get older, and I think younger fan- wrestling fans fall into this because in the age we're in, everyone just repeats each other. And it's so incredibly frustrating. Just be like, why can't you come up with your own mm-hmm. take? Like, why can't you just be earnest in the stuff that you enjoy? If, if It blows my mind. The Young Bucks, I'll say it now. They're the greatest tag team of all time. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand the argument if someone wants to bring up, you know, old school tag teams. I, I get it. There are arguments to be made. I, 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 I get it. I get it. But given everything that they've done, the importance of everything that they've done, and the fact that they can wrestle every single style you want, I'll say it now. They're a better Southern wrestling tag team than FTR. Mm-hmm. And it really pisses me off. That people don't say FT like they don't give FTR crap for being spot guys. They They're just doing are. different spots. I love They're FTR. absolutely spot, They're spot guys. guys. I love them. But they do they're spots. just doing yeah. They're doing spots <laughs> from old wrestling, yeah. but they do a shit ton of them, and That's they've the slowed gimmick. down on that. That is literally yeah. the gimmick. It's genuinely upsetting to me that people hate on the Young Bucks as much as they do because I'm like, guys, this you will miss them when mm-hmm. they're gone. It, we are living in an amazing time right now and we might have already missed that window. I fucking miss them right now. Right. <laughs> like Unless... everything that the Young Bucks oh. touch is great. Are their matches predictable and formulaic at times? Yes. But they play the hits, but the hits got them here. Mm-hmm. They're in the stage of their career where you showed up to see the young bucks have this match. And then it's something like the pay-per-view. That's when, that's whenever you see newer stuff. That's whenever you kind of see everything that they're capable of. 
But yeah, Young Bucks on TV. Yes, you will get the same young. Mm-hmm. You'll get the same Nick Jackson spots. You'll get the same Matt Jackson spots. You'll get the same dual bat. Like, I get why people would be frustrated with them, but they are a treasure. You need to be treasuring them. If I go to a Bruce Springsteen concert, I love the boss. I want to hear Born to Run. I'm going to hear Born to Run. Like, yeah. I want to hear the hits. Play me the classics. Imagine you watching yourself. a Young Bucks match and be like, oh, a super kick party. Uh. <laughs> like, oh, it, I'm trying to, there was something else you said there to trigger too. So, yeah, they're the greatest of all time. I get, like you said, I get the arguments like, oh, sure, let's look at the Rock and Roll Express, you know, whatever. That's literally the only argument that but, I'll hear. And even then, it's not an awesome argument. And here's the thing. The greatest of all time should be someone modern. If my greatest of all time hockey player is Maurice Richard, if my greatest football player of all time is what the hell was the Packers quarterback before Favre? Bart Starr, is that it? Yeah, Bart Starr. Well, he's not the guy right no, before. I'm not Brett a football Favre, guy. But... It's the only name I know. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> or, or we'll say this for baseball. Babe Ruth yeah. is one of the greatest players of all time, but no one knows that he was a left-handed pitcher yeah. who's one of the greatest left-handed pitchers of all time. But like, if Babe Ruth is still your literal greatest of all time, your sport, your sport sucks. has not evolved. In your hundred greatest years. of all time should always be active. Yeah. If you're well, or or like or like recently retired. Yeah, let's give like, it if, give it like a there's... five to ten year buffer, right? Like you have a exactly. buffer for development, but the greatest of all time should honestly, be at some I would point say in their career say at any time. I think twenty is fair. Yeah, I think, but I mean, like, fair. and that's perfect, right? Like the Young Bucks are now the greatest of all time. Twenty years ago, they were just getting started, and there was a different greatest of all time. Whoever is going to be the greatest of all time, there should always be someone active who's going to assume that role. Otherwise, I mean, even you're not moving the dial. Look at the modern teams. The only other act that I'll even listen to are the Briscoes, but mm-hmm. they they that it's not the same. No, it's not. It's and just like, not. I'm sorry, the Usos aren't even close. If I have to fucking hear like one not more even person close. bring up the Usos in this conversation. They are. I don't even know who I want to compare them to. That would be. They're fine. I don't they're know. Fine. Fucking nasty boys. Like. They're fine. That's just it. They're they're okay. You just have a company that doesn't like tag team wrestling. Yeah. Great. That basically threw away tag teams for over a decade. Yeah. And and like on purpose. I don't want to pay two guys when I could pay one. That was his line. Yeah. That was Vince's motto. Why would I pay two? I can pay one. Yeah, I just Great. you're the winner of the fucking beer leagues. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, <laughs> because I, I I do think some of the criticism is valid. Mm-hmm. Ever no one is above criticism. No, that's the thing. But also, no one is like below praise. No, and don't if you're gonna tell me that the young bucks aren't deliberate in their spots and deliberate in telling a story, you've never watched a young bucks match and understood it. No. If you watch it and all you see is the spots, congratulations, you're not paying no. enough attention. Or you have someone else speaking yeah. on your shoulder. Like because you've listened to too much cornet or you've listened to yeah. too much anyone else. Mm-hmm. I, I challenge people to have their own takes. And, I'm gonna look up right now just what people say and, are the greatest tag and teams. While you're life. looking that up, I'm gonna like I've got my own takes, people are gonna crucify crucify me for. I said I think Baron Corbin could be a great wrestler. People will hang me on the goddamn cross for that one. Find me someone else with that take right now. It's mine and I'm owning it. Like, it's okay to have your own people, opinion. People bring up Midnight Express, but there was also so many different like, versions which Midnight of Midnight Express. Yeah. What do you, which you one? You can't just put together their entire you, you resume. Midnight Express because Jim Cornette told you that was the greatest tag team. Congratulations. I mean, Hardy's, no. Dudley's, no. Heart Foundation, like. Dudley's aren't even good wrestlers. Right. What? I mean, Heart, Heart Foundation on, like, fundamentals? Sure. Yeah, As tag team? No. no. British Bulldogs? No. Steiners? Uh, 
Could you imagine if the Steiners if were around had, now? If you had actually let the Steiners be the Steiners for 20 years. If you let years, them cook. They oh, would be that oh. team. Like, they would have been Dude. that team. <laughs> How yeah. fucking rad would it be to have the oh, Steiners God. now? <laughs> <laughs> that, and have the backstage drama of Scott Steiner. Oh. oh man, I mean, okay, I'll I'll accept Steiner Brothers, but like their window's not even that great. Like they were always off doing stuff. Man, Road Warriors. Uh, do we need to pause? My audio went loopy. Okay, there we go. Road Warriors. I wouldn't say that's close. <laughs> oh, here we go. Demolition. <laughs> The Rockers, Harlem Heat. The the Demolition were my favorite when I was four years old and first discovered wrestling and didn't know who the Road Warriors were. I think you were just really into Leather Daddies at four years old. New Day? No. Fabulous Freebirds? No. Oh, here we go. The Brothers of Destruction. Oh, my God. Rock and Roll Express, like I said, that's one of the only ones I'll listen to. Um, Money, Inc.? Acolytes, Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas, the Nasty Boys, the Usos, the Hollywood Blondes. You're reading an an article off the Onion, right? That's the site you're on. The Guerreros. All right, here we go. A Sports Illustrated top fifty of all time. Um, They have number one, the Legion of Doom, slash the Road Warriors. No, that's bullshit. Two. Edge and Christian. Get the fuck out of here. We're done. Nope. Dude, there's... (laughs) This is disingenuous as fuck. They have the Briscoes at 11. How far down do they have the Young Bucks? This is insane. They haven't even listed them yet. What? They have the Rockers at 25. What? The Steiners at 29, Guerrero's 30, 32, the Young Bucks. Get the fuck out of here, Sports <laughs> Illustrated. What a joke. Absolute joke. Uh, Lindy Ruff, that's the definition of a joke. Gosh. Words, no goal. I mean, if anyone listens to this and want to have the conversation in our Discord, mm-hmm. let's, let's go for it. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to need... You know what I'm going to need? I'm going to need some proof. You're going to have to really prove your argument with me. Uh, I mean, I get it. I like Ricky Gibson, too. I get it. Oh, Money, Inc. Money, Inc. <laughs> Do you remember that one run where Kane and Hurricane had three tag matches? <laughs> what are we doing? This was supposed to be a short episode, too. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's the show. Thank yeah. you so much for listening. Uh, until next time, I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. This is the Bingo Hall Boys podcast. It's good to be back. Yeah.